Hi everybody, this is Craig from the University of Applied Research and Development, and this is one of our veteran stories, Difference Makers, and I'm here with Annette Wittenberger. Great to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me. This is an honor. Oh, it's an honor for us to have you with us. I'd love for you to share your um, experiences and why you chose to join the military in the first place. Yes. So when I was in high school, I went to an all-girl Catholic high school. <laughs> and so to have some of us come out and join the military was really just uh, not, it, it wasn't normal. <laughs> so I had a friend who actually enlisted in, into the army after high school. And I was so fascinated. I was like, this is so cool. I've always um, really respected the, the men and women in uniform, but I didn't see a lot of them back in 98. So all I knew was the army. I didn't really know about air force and Marines and all, all the other branches that were out there. So I, I actually had a recruiter come to my house. We were sitting at the table with my boyfriend at the time, and I was about to sign that dotted line and I got nervous and I looked at my boyfriend and he looked at me and I was like, should I do this? He's like, and I said, I can't. <laughs> So I didn't, I didn't enlist right away at um, 17 and a half. I, and I kind of regretted it, but I just knew that I wasn't ready. I wasn't mature enough yet. So I went to, I attended community college, but it was always in the back of my mind that I wanted to still do something with the military. And I told my parents and my dad didn't really believe that women should be serving. And I'm very stubborn. And I was like, hmm, yeah, I'm going to do it. So when I, um, finished community college, the university that I had chosen, I, I wanted, one of the criterias was that they had a, an ROTC program, the Reserve Officer Training Corps. And so Arizona State University had it, I was accepted, and, and I did the ROTC program. I thought, oh, I'm going to try it out. I did the training for a couple of years, and then it was time to where they said, okay, so you're about to graduate, you need to figure out, are you going to do this or not? And in my mind, I thought, I'll just do three years and get out. Well, it wasn't three years and get out. It was really supposed to be eight. And then I ended up doing 17. So not sure. <laughs> it, it just all happened so quickly. But um, one of the motivations, too, was my husband. I met him my senior year of college. Or we started dating my senior year of college. And he had already joined the military. He was a commission officer. And I, um, he inspired me when he kept uh, getting leadership positions and, and getting um, promoted. And because I didn't know what I was doing with my life, I said, okay, I'll just do another year. So year after year became, you know, up until retirement. So that's the short version, I guess, of why I joined the military. Wow. That's great. It's great that you had time to think about it and then, then pull back a bit. And then think about it some more. And you actually committed to it. That was great. Yes. Um, so tell us about your experiences in the military and take as long as you want. And I know there's a range of things you can talk about that are important to you. So yeah, share with us about your time. Now um it, it was it was good. It, it really was a great experience. But when I joined, I was 22 and I had my first child when I was 25. I got married in 98 and then in 99, I commissioned as an officer. So I was brand new married. Um, and then I got pregnant and then I, I, my first duty station was Germany. So at 23 years old, 
uh, 24 mm. years old. I, you know, I had never really left the country to study abroad. The only time I ever left the country was when I was 13 to visit my uh, family in, in Peru, but to move to another country by myself at four months pregnant was very terrifying for me. And um, so that experience right there was like, what am I doing? My husband was training in Germany already. So I didn't get to see him for about a month. So I was by myself and it was just a very emotional experience in the beginning. But um, during my time in, I did have both my children in, in, in Germany. And so learning how to be a, you know, a new spouse, a new soldier, a new mother, <laughs> All at the same time was, uh, it was, it was eye opening. I grew up really quick and I just had to figure it out because you can't really tell the army, I, I don't know if I can come to work today. You know, I don't have any childcare. You were expected to have childcare. <laughs> and so I had to figure it out on my own. I didn't have family there. I learned quickly how to make friends with the locals uh, we we had a very amazing German neighbor who helped me a lot. We found a very um, we found amazing people on our. Uh, it was called a concern a concern K A S E R N E back then, which is a post or you know a base in Germany to where close to where I was stationed. And two amazing ladies that I'm still friends with today, 21 years later, uh, they took care of my of my daughter and then my son later on. So, you know, right there, that's what made my tour in Germany um, not so scary anymore. And so that that right there was just a huge, you know, uh, learning experience as to what my life was going to be later on in the military. So, uh, you know. It was difficult because in the beginning, we can move anywhere and not the only thing we had to worry about was, okay, who's going to take care of our children? And that not to say that the only yeah. thing that was the huge, that was the biggest thing to, to worry about was who's going to take care of the kids. And then what job are we going to get? Are we going to be stationed together? How far are we going to be? Where are we going to live? All these stressors. But as my kids got older, we had to think about, where are they going to go to school and are we mm. going to be able to stay there to graduate? So it was just, mm. it was very, it was very stressful. Um, and somehow, some way we, we made it because both my husband and I served, he's still serving right now, but dual military life is just not, <laughs> it was not easy. Um, but you know, I, I, besides the family part, my experience as a leader as a female officer, as a soldier, that was such a life-changing experience. Um, I got to be with soldiers when we deployed to Iraq. I got to be with soldiers when we went to Afghanistan, and they become your family. It's a completely different stressor than being back here and having to worry about bills. So you go over there, you have to worry about you know making sure they come back in one piece, literally, yeah. literally, and. You know, not a lot of people realize that when you come back, yes, we're excited to be home and life is great because we're in a safe zone. But the transition piece is so much different. I, I remember my mother, when I came back from Iraq, she helped take care of my kids. And she said, OK, you're home. These are the kids activities you take over. Right. Just like that. And I was like, whoa, I need to 
ease into this because I just came back from a year long deployment and I'm not ready to like drive on the roads. And it was, I, I developed road rage, literally. <laughs> It was just like I had all these little, all these little things we don't think about. I had no patience for anything. It was like everything needed to happen right now, and so that was that was very uh, that was very challenging. The the military they try to do a good job with the reintegration piece with classes and trying to tell you to ease back in, don't rush into yeah. it, and so you know they they try. It's just it, it depends on the individual, and you know back then. I say back then because I, I retired in 2016, but between 98 and 2016, we, we were taught to be these, these tough leaders, you know, regardless if you're a male or a female, all those little feelings that you, that you experience, we don't really know how to talk about that. We focus on, going to work, being the best that we can be. Sometimes it's a competition because you're trying to be better. You know, you be your best self and, you know, get promoted and all these things. So we don't talk about mental health. <laughs> and I knew I was experiencing some things, but I thought that I can mask it by, um, um I, 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 I did drink. I did drink when I, when I probably should not have when, when I definitely know I shouldn't have, because that was my way of coping. And I know we hear a lot of stories about soldiers doing that. Um, and, and so I, I did go through that period where I, I didn't know how to um, cope with whatever the heck I was feeling because I didn't really understand what it was. And hmm. so I just went through my career changing a little bit of me every year because I, I just wasn't the same person anymore. I, I, I thought I had to be tough. And so I experienced a lot of uh, anger, uh, trauma, um, just uh, depression, uh, anxiety, just all these things that I never really mm. knew I had until after I retired. And so I could talk about this all day. Would I have changed anything? Probably not because it's made me the person that I am today. I hmm. wish I could have been a better mother uh, for sure because my kids uh. are now 19 and 21, but they saw the ugly parts of me and now they're seeing the better sides of me and I'm always trying to improve, but I didn't know how to have conversations. I just figured you don't understand. You don't get it. Uh, you're not me. And all those things that we say to people when we don't want to discuss it, so you're not going to, you don't understand. And so that was my go-to phrase is you're, you're not going to get it. And it was very difficult. I didn't know how to communicate. And I, and I uh, pushed to the side and it really, you know, it, I know we hear a lot of uh, marriages in the military are not, um, they're not easy at all, unless you know how to how to deal with stuff like that. And we just didn't know how, cause we were just trying to get through our career. And um, so that, that leads into what I do now, because all those lessons learned now that I'm 46, I, you know, I, I tell my kids, it's just, it's never too late. And I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep going because there are, there were periods in my life and I don't, you know, I don't want this to be a sad conversation, but I am 
I did um, attempt suicide quite a few times because I didn't know how to deal with what I was going through. I, I tried so hard to be this person and because I didn't want to seek therapy because I was afraid my command was going to find out, um, you know, I'm not the only one who goes through that, unfortunately. And I just, I hid so many parts of me Man. because I didn't, it was, a, I didn't want to be judged. I didn't want someone to think I was a bad leader because I was going to seek help. Um, and it was just very, it's very sad that, and I wish, I wish I had an outlet or I felt like I had an outlet to have that conversation, but I didn't, mm. I was, I was afraid. So then the negative emotions and the feelings, and it caused you to change a little bit of yourself mm -hmm. over time. Yes. Do you think that the person, the person you are now strongly reflects who you wanted to be back then, or is it different? I think it's different now it's different but it's 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 better because i know that i still have a purpose based off of the things that i probably shouldn't have made it through you know i mm. the, the 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 attempts uh, i was in a car accident there's all these little signs in my life that i survive that makes me know now that I still have a purpose. Whereas before I really didn't know what it was. I was just going through the motions of life, trying to raise kids and yeah. live this, this life that I was just trying to, to be in. So now I, I know. Those coping mechanisms such as drinking, were they public drinking and going out with your team or was it secret drinking? A little both. Okay. A little both I would drink at home and I didn't even realize it till a few years ago when my daughter told me mom you you drink a lot I didn't think I drank a lot I had no idea um so sneaking sneaking it and then when I would go out probably shouldn't have driven it was that bad right yeah. okay so you've been through this incredible experience being a leader in a military and living internationally and deploying and serving um, serving and leading mm -hmm. and those are, those are two really important things and now you're you're back and you're in civilian life and you've been through some really traumatic responses to the trauma that you've been through but you're doing something pretty significant right now too to help other people and to make a difference in their lives I'd love for you to share about that and and I'm going to put up the the website URL on the screen as well so people can reach out to you okay. um, about what you're sharing so go ahead tell us Okay. So I retired a lot sooner than I thought I was going to. I, um, I say, unfortunately, because I really wanted to stay until I was until 20 years, but I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't promoted to the next rank. I didn't make that, that cutoff. And that was devastating to me because I thought, you know, I sacrificed so much. I deserve this. And so I was mad at mm -hmm. the world. I found out I wasn't going to get promoted and I had six months to get out. Um, well. <laughs> that that made me a lot angrier then. Wow. and so i hated everything hated the world hated the army i was mad um uh, the only way i knew how to cope in 25 the end of 2015 16 was to uh isolate myself didn't attend my retirement ceremony didn't um i just didn't want to talk to anybody i was so upset and I knew I needed something because I, it was one night 
at midnight, one o'clock in the morning was I was on the floor crying to my friend telling her I can't do this anymore. Like, I feel like a failure. My kids should have been able to be proud of me and attend my ceremony. I just felt nothing anymore. And she mm. convinced me, well, not convinced me, she talked me through it. And she's like, you should be proud. You served. You did it for this long, your kids. And just mm. reminded me of the things that I already knew. But when you're in that dark place, it doesn't matter. You don't see yeah. anything. I knew I had to do something or I wasn't going to make it again. And so I started writing and I, I created a secret account. I, I was writing all my feelings and just very dark, very sad as I went back and looked at it. But I knew as I started to talk a little bit more, I had uh, former soldiers that I had served with years 15 years ago that I told me I, my transition was not easy either, but you're going to make it. And that's when I was like, okay, I, I need to, I just need to get through this. I don't know how, but I spent months just not uh, doing anything. I didn't even look for another job. I had all these plans, but I just didn't want to do anything. And so I was writing and then I decided that I needed to do more. And so I worked with another veteran and we created a website. Uh, for some reason, the title, A Wild Ride Called Life, came to me. And I thought, this is crazy, but yes, <laughs> it's so wild. And it doesn't just apply to me. Like anybody who sees us, like that's life is just so, so wild. So I created the website and I thought, you know what? Go big or go home. I'm just going to tell the world that I'm, <laughs> suf I'm suffering. But, <laughs> and that was scary to me because my family didn't know. My cousins, no. my parents, wow. nobody knew. They just saw that I was really mean, but they didn't understand why. And so I had to, this was my way of doing it. And it, it's so crazy when I think about it, because you go on Facebook and you go on social media and people are like, why is she posting stuff like this? And I was tired. I was tired of being judged. So I just created a website to do it. So it was my blog. It was my blog in the beginning. And little by little, I would have people reach out to me and say, whoa, I didn't know, or whoa, mm. thank, you, thank you for doing this. Mm. And it was difficult for the first few years because I was still getting you know, comments about, well, why don't you go talk to somebody? And it wasn't just about talking to somebody. I just, I needed more because I know that there's a lot of people out there who aren't ready to go talk to somebody. So they just mm. need to connect with somebody who understands. And so I created the blog and then eventually I did, I created a podcast and the podcast is called the truths we hide. And that was like all my life. <laughs> And so in the beginning, I thought this would be for the military community because there's so many of us who don't talk about a lot of stuff. But then mm. I had I had strangers reach out to me and say, do you have to be military affiliated because I have a story? And I said, you know what? No, let's do it. And it just it's so heartwarming and heartbreaking to hear the, the things that people have gone through and they just mm. want to be heard. Um, in the beginning, it wasn't video. It was just behind the phone or a microphone because they didn't, you know, they weren't ready to be seen, but they wanted to use their voice. And so we did the podcast and then I wrote a book <laughs> as if I didn't already share my stuff with the world. I wrote a book and the book was difficult because I had to tell my family, I'm going to share 
some parts of our life that you've lived through, uh, is, would you be okay with that? Can I use your name? If not, I could change your name. And I was surprised at how supportive they were. Uh, I did use the, so the names in the book are, are real. I didn't add everybody's name for um, privacy. You know, I still respect my family members who, who, have, who were part of um, some of my trauma. And, mm. you know, it's just, it, it, I, I, I forgive and I'm not upset. It's just, that was one of the things that I had to learn how to deal with when, with the whole retirement. It was like, everything just came out, everything just spilled over. And mm. that I started, I had to, you know, go back and peel the layers of why I was hurting so bad. You know, it wasn't just the military. It goes way back to when I was six years old. And so it was all these things that I, that I put in there and, you know, I, I just wanted to provide hope for people because we all go through a, a divorce or a childhood experience that we just, you know, we don't, we dig or not dig, we, uh, we keep inside. And, and so that's, that's what I did. So now I, um, I do what I think we, uh, serial entrepreneur. <laughs> I just, I do everything because in 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 my mind i have to i want to reach as many people as possible because yeah. there's so many of us out there yeah. um, especially teenagers because my kids have been through so much so mm. we need to continue the conversation young because i when i was younger every the only things i heard was we'll tell you when you're older you can't do that anymore like you have to have the conversation when they're young because of things that are going on in school or on social media. And so I'm just really passionate. It's just, it's just my mission. I don't have a nine to five. I do this every day because there's always something to learn or something to provide back. So I'm a mentor. I, you know, I life experience coach because I teach, you know, how to learn to live with your mental illness or struggles or challenges instead of suffer from it. Mm. Because, you know, I suffered for a long time when it paralyzed me. I don't want that to happen to anybody else. And mm. so that's, I, I just, yeah, I do so many things because I want to save the world. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to do it somehow. But I love collaborating with other like-minded and like-hearted people because we're all trying to do the same thing. We just don't know about each other. So mm. we need to just reach out and, and do that. So, yeah, I get, I get really fired up. I, I, I just... <laughs> My family is like, what are you doing? I have, I have to do this. And so, uh, yeah, I put myself out there a lot now because years ago, there was no way I was going to talk about this. You're very purpose-driven. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, um, firstly, thank you for your service. And, you. and thank you that in your own coping and dealing with things that you've been through and wanting to be better for the people that matter most to you around you, your family, um, and then helping other people as well. You know, you're creating something that you never know someone around the world who has never, ever heard of you, maybe never heard of the state you, that you live in. And they just stumble upon your website in the dark night of their soul and they find hope and they find inspiration and they find encouragement and the work that you're doing is really important. So thanks for your vulnerability and sharing that. Just as we wrap up, I'd love for you to share just one thought, just one thought for one person who might be 
at that point where they think I can't do it anymore. I don't want to do it anymore and I'm not going to do it anymore. What's one thing that you'd say to them right now? To give yourself grace. Just, you know, we are so, we are, we are our own worst enemies. And and this is like three things. (laughs) Give yourself grace and it's okay to not be okay. We forget that all the time. And that, yeah, I just, we have to keep remembering that. Mm. It's really good. And put that on the screen to make sure people see it. Give yourself grace. Annette, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate you being with us on our veteran stories. Uh, for those of you that are watching the recording on LinkedIn or on YouTube, on Twitter, on Twitch, on Facebook, on anywhere this platform, a platform where you might see the recording, we've got the website on the screen right now and I've got the website link as well and the show notes that are with the video so that you can reach out to Annette and connect with her as well if you'd like to do that. Saritha from Africa actually posted a comment which I put on the screen earlier as well saying that wearing the uniform is addictive. <laughs> so thanks everyone for being with us. Look forward to seeing you again on another Veteran Stories. Mm-hmm.